welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. We have a spicy show for all of you as we begin with Rockabella Brands Vodka before tapping into some tacos and margaritas with Añejo and then ending our show with Wagwan Seasonings as they bring delicious flavor to your next meal. Chef Gene, take it away! A great pleasure this afternoon that I introduce our next guest. Kind of an interesting story for someone in the distilling industry. Uh, an absolutely wonderful new brand that's going to be in everyone's living room or at everyone's bar in the very near future. Uh, I want to introduce Cheryl Lee, who is the founder of Rockabella Brands, which is a vodka, a whiskey, a flavored vodka, and some other unique products. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs, Cheryl. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Good afternoon. So, Cheryl, you have a, a kind of unique story in the fact that you didn't really grow up in the spirits industry. You didn't grow up in the liquor industry, but you have managed to create and now create and distribute some of the most flavorful, unique spirits out there. How did Rockabella Brands and your products all come about? Where did they come from? From my kitchen. I started, yes, I started creating... Um, drinks, mixed drinks in uh, in beginning of the 1980s. Uh, You know, we used to have, I'm from Jersey, we used to have a lot of uh, parties, a lot of showers, uh, birthday parties. And uh, I just started creating um, all mixtures of drinks uh, with uh, natural fruits um, in a white styrofoam bucket. That's how it started. And just, um, it was a passion of mine. And then, um, you know, I just was, just taking care of my children and my children were going to school. You know, my husband was working and stuff. So um, when my husband uh, became ill in, you know, 2014, I started, you know, taking care of him. And then in 2019 is when um, I decided to uh, create my own brand. You know, I, I laugh when I hear that story because as a, you know, young you know, late teens, early 20s, when we would go to the beach and, and every summer, I'd be the person who was tasked with forming that cocktail with, you know, grain alcohol or a little bit of vodka and lots of fresh fruit and all natural stuff. And I you know, never thought, well, maybe someday I can make a living doing this. But you did exactly that. So, you know, credit to you on that one. What products do you manufacture? And, and uh Tell us a little bit about the, the profiles for that. So my award-winning, uh, this is my first, uh, the coconut mango pineapple. Uh, it's uh, gluten-free, all-natural, distilled in Florida, citrus distillery. I won double gold on that. And then I have my pre- premium vodka, which I just won double gold on. It's distilled six times, made with corn. And it's uh, a very private corn. Then I have my... Uh, flavored cocktails, uh, which is the, um, I have the Delightful Shirley, which is pomegranate, honeydew melon, Asian pear, peach, and apricot. Then I have 
my uh, royal goddess, which is called strawberry um, kiwi and mint, raspberry mm -hmm. kiwi and mint, excuse me. Then I have the secret escape, which is the pomegranate blueberry watermelon. And then I have the rock of paradise, which is a 5% uh, cocktail with coconut, mango, and pineapple. And you know, I as a chef, I listened to one, your vodka right off the bat. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can create some foods with that. Like, what an amazing ceviche base that would make if I took some scallops and some shrimp and things like that. And, you know, you really capture some great uh, flavors in doing that. I, I understand you're also coming out with a whiskey brand. Yes, I the, I have a whiskey. It's called Jack's Whiskey. It's caramel apple. And that is dedicated to building a safe haven for animals. And that's named after our dog, Jack's, that my son adopted. Well, that leads me into, you know, a, a, a big part of what you're all about and what these products are all about. So you took what was a very difficult situation in your life and then this early success of your product line, and you turned it around and formed an amazing charity that's doing amazing things. And the proceeds, a lot of the proceeds of the sale of your products go towards, um, the you know, your charity. Tell us all about that and, and yes. what's going on. So, what are you doing to help people and who it benefits and you know right. how it so, came about? Yeah, so I'll start off with um, my husband uh, who had his own legacy. Um, you know, not only was he a firefighter and, um, you know, at a roofer, but he was um, a great humanitarian guy and he always was giving back to the community. And my husband, besides uh, running a Christmas drive, um, for less fortunate children, children with cancer, uh, children with disabilities, and within the uh, St. Barnabas Burn Unit. He also worked with the Special Olympics, and um, he also tried to help uh, young children uh, get stable in their lives. My husband was a 9-11 first responder, and in 2014, um, he, he became, he was extremely ill for many years, but in 2014, after the Christmas drive, um, he could no longer do it anymore, and he was uh, just, um, you know, getting very sick. And he asked my son and I if we would take over the Christmas drive for him. And we promised him that we would, and, you know, I really didn't know what I was getting into because we were helping him, but he was really running it, you know, with the firefighters. So um, we took over the Christmas drive, and when we took it over, there was uh, 2,300 children. And in 2019, we brought it to 8,000 children. Wow. And my son and I and firefighters in the community, we all came together and um, we brought it to over 8,000 children. So every January, I used to get me mentally and physically um, exhausted because I would always go beyond um, to the extreme of uh, making the holidays very, very special for these children, especially that my son would take care of the less fortunate. I took care of the children um, with special needs and the children with cancer. And my son also would do the Boys and Girls Club. And I became very emotional and stuff. My son was like, Mom, you need to do something for yourself now. You brought the Christmas drive to a to an extreme level. I can handle it. You could take a back seat and I need you to, to take care of you now. So he walks out the door and um, I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, what can I do? I make uh, teas. I, um, I do all these kind of creations that are unique creations. And I created uh, Rockabella, but at the time I was using somebody else's vodka. So I said, well, that's not going to happen. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm going to use my own. And um, that's what happened. I went to Citrus Distillery in Florida, and he got the he got the mixture perfect. Um, and then I started from there. And I my launch party was in February of 2020 on a Thursday, and that Monday they closed down the state. Everything was closed down because of COVID. And I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Now, you know, I have my charity. So I have the charity Rockabella Gives, which is uh, building um, a better tomorrow for women and children, but also giving back to our first responders, which is the police officers, the firefighters, the military, and also the janitors, because they were very essential in the pandemic with a hands-on approach. So I started um, with Rockabella Gives um, I started um, getting meals out to nursing homes and to hospitals. And I was taking care of the nurses and the janitors. And um, I just started calling up restaurants and all over New Jersey and just asking them to deliver to different places and to please take pictures. And they would uh, do that and then deliver uh, to the hospitals and the nursing homes. And then I would hand out masks to the elderly at the stores and Rockabella is, um, you know, something that I'm passionate about because I know I can make a difference and I can make it grow and help, you know, women and children, but, you know, and, and families. Well, you know, in full disclosure, you and I have had a conversation about Rockabella. And the one thing that came through with me that I really want to convey is your absolute passion, you know, so many people build businesses and when it gets to a certain point, okay, you know, I'm going to sell off to Smirnoff or I'm going to sell off to another company or I'm going to do that. And I know from a conversation, I can feel secure that that's not something you would ever consider because you are doing this for a much greater cause than just making a vodka or making, you know, a spirit or, you know, making some money. This is really about helping others and, to me, your story just resonated so deep. So, you know, kudos to you um, as an obvious, you know, big supporter of first responders. You have a great story. Your you. husband's legacy was honored at uh, by the PGA. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, well, first, we, we were honored at the Meredith Vieira show. They... Um, contact us which is a great christmas surprise and they had hasbro donate twenty thousand dollars in in toys to us which was fabulous right after that and then we were contacted by the pga and they wanted to honor my husband and my son and i along with uh police and firefighters um presented um the uh what is that called uh the we walked the line and they put a big beautiful video up of my husband and we presented the cup and the three presidents were there, uh, President Clinton, Bush and Obama. And it was a very, very beautiful ceremony. It was very, very touching. Um, it was just a very, very amazing experience that they would even, you know, think about honoring my husband with all the other um, heroes that had passed. Well, absolutely. What a great honor, but you know, you don't discount the fact that you are a hero in your in your own way and what you're doing and you know supporting the first responders and and those people who every day go to work and and sacrifice and 
you know, every year at 9-11, I try to read a little bit more about, you know, stories that went on. And, uh, you know, I have my own and, and everybody has a story. But, you know, what, you know, what they did as they were driving across those bridges from, you know, New Jersey, knowing that, you know, this could be their last day and, and everything that took place with that. So, you know, your story of helping that, those families and keeping that legacy is amazing. Thank so, you. You know, Rockefeller, every, everything that I create has a mission and a purpose behind it. And I, that's what it's about. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you have a whiskey named after a, you know, the dog that, yeah. you know, helps, you know, dogs and shelters and, and other things, which, you know, as my dog is prancing around right now, I can, you know, certainly get behind and and really believe in that. So, you know, it's wonderful to have somebody who's creating a product for a cause. Can I jump so- can I jump in for one sure. second? Because I met you at a celebrity um, boxing match, and one of and to re- like bounce off of what you just said, um, Jean. When I met you, like you know, you introduced yourself, obviously, but then you introduced what your you know your brand was, and immediately you went into like what it benefited, like why you know the story behind it your husband and you know how he was a first responder and that it benefits other first responders so and like you just were so passionate when i met you and you've carried and that was before you had your your brand launch um you know and it's just continued to carry on and into you know you've now launched and you're expanding your brand which is amazing um and you know i i've seen that you've been at other events and and whatnot so i i would wonder like where else are you you know bringing your your brand out to where can you know where can we find you at events and at you know, places and donate to your to your cause right so um you can go to uh, Rockabella Brands. I'm sorry, RockabellaGives.org. Um, you can also uh, go to RockabellaBrands.com, and you can also donate um, on there. Um, and then, you know, right now we're just regrouping everything. Um, and like I said, you know, due to the pandemic, a lot of the events that we had scheduled. Um, how to had to be canceled um, because we had our list was literally over 500 people that were coming. And so now what I'm doing is I do everything individual. Um, everything is with a hands-on approach. Um, as, as far as what I do with my donations, um, I give everything directly. I give them to the widows directly. Um, and to me, you know, it's just very, I get so emotional. Um, when I go to these events and I meet these people and um, it just touches my heart because I know. You, you've lived, you lived it 24 seven. I mean, you know what it's like. It takes like one be, person. Yeah. You know, it, it takes one person to make a difference. Like my husband was that one person and um you know, so when I go to these events and I meet these people and um, they want to, they're willing to help and they open up their hearts and they, and and they open up their lives to me. It's it's very important. And like you know, the pandemic, I could have done more. It slowed me down, but it didn't stop me. Uh, I could have done more, but now this is the time for me to really get out there 
and to show everybody what Rockabella is about, not just Rockabella brands, but what Rockabella gives is about. And um, 2022 is, is going to be the year where I'm, I'm out there and I'm, and I'm giving and, and making a difference in people's lives and, and these special needs children and, you know, and these cancer kids and making their dreams come true and helping, you know, these young women and children knowing that they're not left behind, that there's someone there willing to help them put food on the table, shoes so on for, their feet. For our listeners, I want to point out a couple things. Rockabella is R-O-C-A-B-E-L-L-A. In addition to that, if you go to the Food Farms and Chefs Facebook page or the Food Farms and Chefs Instagram page, you will find out that there is a tasting up in Bucks County of Rockabella this Thursday evening from five to seven. Um, so you have an opportunity to come up and try some of the products as well as you know, make a donation if you wish, but really learn much more about what's going to be the hottest brand in the region in the very near future. Cheryl, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. We look forward to having you back with us again real soon to Thank talk you. more about some of your other exciting things that, that you have on the horizon. I give you deep heartfelt thanks for making a difference in the world and also creating an incredible product uh, that is really something unique, full in flavor, you know, no sugar added, great product. So kudos to you for that. We look Thank forward you. to talking to you again real soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I greatly appreciate it. No and problem. God bless. God bless you, too, and well, thank you for joining us. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hey, everyone. I would like to introduce our listeners and fans of the show to Marcus Anthony, who is the owner and the chef behind Wagwan Seasonings. Marcus, welcome to the show. Wagwan, Amorous, how are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, because sure. there is a meaning behind Wagwan. Would you like to tell our listen Absolutely. listeners of what well, it means? Sure. Wagwan literally means what's going on, what's happening, what's going on. Like, so it's a greeting. And I and, and it's, you know, it's kind of a greeting for your mouth, too. <laughs> yes, it is. I agree. Um, now, I've actually shared some of the spices with my co-host, Gene. Uh, I brought it over to his house when we were doing um, an, a, a live video. So we both were able to experience your spice at the same time. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. But why don't you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about the history behind your spices, how you got, you know, came to create it? Right. So definitely. So the I originally had a spice blend that I was working on like years ago called Mad Spice and then I put that down for a while and was always thinking about how we could come up with an all purpose seasoning or what, you know, the foray into the spice world would be and what that one thing, you know, what would spark that one thing. And my who's now my wife who co founded a company, Rose, she had sourced this scotch bonnet and powder and this paprika and I we and, and for Christmas one year so I started to blend them together and put different you know spices and ingredients in them and that sparked this inspiration and the in, to what eventually became Wagwan we are 
yeah, it was just something about it. And once we once we got it together, it uh, yeah, it really made sense. It's like something clicked, you know. Yeah, and I and I know that 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 Scotch bonnet it was one of the key ingredients that you know made was kind of the the game changer for the spices the blends that you were sure. creating. Sure, sure. Scotch bonnet is very distinct flavor to the Caribbean. Very distinct pepper. Uh, there's this you know there's a fruitiness to it along with the heat, and it does make it does make a difference. I mean, a lot of people would. Upon looking at it, it looks like a habanero, but it's a completely different pepper and flavor profile. And yes, it definitely makes all the difference. So as far like, is this a pepper that I can like take, you know, from off the vine and like bite into it and not, you know, break out into a sweat? Or <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it all depends on your heat tolerance. You know, um, they come in at about. Fresh, they come in around 250,000 Scoville units, and so that's pretty spicy. So I think a, a jalapeno may be around 50,000, 25,000 to 50,000. So if you can imagine, um, they the, the, on the low end, they're at about 250, which, you know, that, it's a spicy pepper. But you definitely can, you know. I, I do sometimes. We, we grow them fresh as well. So it's nice to have a fresh scotch bonnet. There's also no flavor like that. And I and I I read that um, it took you a while before you found the the right grower for the Scotch bonnet too. Well, it did take us a while, but uh, but fortunately enough, we you know going to coal packer and getting uh, these things together. It's like we have we yeah we found the right Scotch bonnet. We sourced it, and it, it's it's lent itself really well to our seasoning blend. Now, you used to be a steam fitter in New York and moved to this area to become, um, a well, to, to start this business. Uh, what inspired you to, to make such a huge change in your life? Well, it's more so once we decided to move and, and to start the company, um, it was something that's always been in me. I mean, I've been in the food space for, for quite some time and it's always has been a passion of mine of following it and, and being immersed in it since I was younger and then getting into catering and personal chefing and, you know, never went to culinary full time, but I took, took a lot of courses and then I was like a lifelong journey. And once we, once we decided to make the, the, the move to, uh, outside of the city and go even further. And then, and then, yeah, the pandemic happened and that kind of changed everything. And it, it, it led us to start to create, uh, start to create media, which was something we started doing beforehand as well, but we got a little bit further into it and we did, you know, the spice line developed out and yeah, people started to really take to it and like it. And it, you know, it developed this following because we had eyes on us uh, while people were at home wondering what to cook and what to do, and and it eventually yeah just built out and led to led to being able to you know do this and and, and pursue this full time. And you know I know that you both you and Rose are within the the health community. You're a health coach, and Rose, if I remember correctly, is a digestive therapist. Um, you know how how much does that play into the, the role with bringing that spice into your kitchen, into your homes, and also trying to inspire others to cook? It plays a, a huge role because 
cooking for yourself, uh, you know, and cooking at home is obviously it's one of the the major, uh, you know, things that you can do to promote better better health and diet all around. Um, and there's so much, I mean, no shortage of delicious food out there in the world, but where you get most control is where you do it at home and you do it yourself. And then the way that we, uh, you know, we promote that because it's, yeah, it's just a major part, part of, of our life and something that we like to share. And then, yeah, we want people to be always be mindful about what they put into their bodies and that and how they, you know, how they take things in and, and, and yeah, that's, so that's, that's really important to us. Now, what are some of the, like, within the, the spices that you offer, what, you know, how do you recommend utilizing the spices that you've created and, you know, that you've produced for people to purchase at, you know, and use in their own homes? So, which, again, which, what do I, how do I suggest people use them? <laughs> well, I know that you have several, you've, you've a series, you have um, something where you can start fresh from, like, your brining. Um, right. Yeah to pull all sure. of the flavors in, so. Sure. So our, the one one, the all-purpose seasoning, I thought start there is, it's just that. It's an all-purpose seasoning, no salt, no sugar, no additives, uh, just, yeah, just spice that, that you can eat, you know, raw, you can cook it or what have you, cook with it and season with it, use as much or as little as you want to. That was something that was really important to us um, in terms of the health and wellness aspect is to be able to, you know, keep in mind that salt and sugar can be a problem when it comes down to the spice world. And sometimes you might add uh, or you might have a high intake of salt and sugar already from your spices, and then you continue to add, and that's where problems uh, arise from. So we chose to take the approach to not, put any salt and sugar and additives in our Wagwan or all-person season. So we recommend using, you know, we recommend you dumping it on your food. Um, and, yeah, our our salt pro- products are our dry brine, which is, that started out as a, a better way to do Thanksgiving turkeys and, and just, you know, I believe in dry brining and, and wet brining as well, but the dry brine has these flavors in it that, that are, you know, the fennels and star anise and thyme and, so it's really a seasoning salt, but it, it lends it a really great flavor to proteins and to really anything that you, you want to use it for, rices, ways to season your water before potatoes or, or um, you know, things of that nature, you sprinkle it on fish. You use it as you see fit, but because at the end of the day it is a seasoning salt. And, um, and then our G salt, which is our, self, our, our gray salt, and that is, you know, finishing salt more so. And... It's just a, it just has this delicious, briny crunch to it that uh, that's just is nice to finish on anything or finishing your meals with it, topping it on topping chocolate, putting it on your ice cream, anything. So yeah, the uh, those are three products, and then eventually we'll be adding additional products as well. But you know, those are the ones that we do offer. We offer the Wagwan and two variants, the hot and the regular. So yeah, that's that's how it's been. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Know, I didn't know you had it on a spicier level. Yeah, we do. We do two levels to it. <laughs> now, I think that's amazing, and I, you know, I loved the taste and the flavor profile of your spices. And we have a huge announcement for our listeners because you have a pro set. Is that correct? 
it's called a pro suite. I know uh, they sometimes call it a pro set. It's a pro suite. And, yeah, and that, that includes all three. That includes the salt, the wagwan, and the dry brine. Which is amazing. So we're actually going to be doing a giveaway. We're working with you, Marcus, um, and doing a giveaway that is going to be based in Instagram. So if you go to, if our followers go to Instagram and follow wagwan.seasonings and follow food farms and chefs, they can like and tag their friends and have a chance to win one of those sets. That's cool. Yep, that is great. I, I hope and, and congratulate the lucky winner, whoever does get it. Uh, I will, will be extremely happy when they do. <laughs> As will I. And you have some other exciting news to tell us about, too. Oh, yeah. So coming up, we are, we are working on a Wagwan jerk seasoning as well and uh, a few more other skews we're looking to add a you know a, a sugar component a sweet component I should say which will probably come in the form of a monk fruit sugar being that you know we still try to we try to stay on the health side of things and yeah maybe a health, uh, monk fruit scotch bonnet and yeah and our jerk seasoning should be coming up shortly so that's something to really look forward to. That's very interesting. And I know like monk fruit, as you said, it's um it's on the healthier side. Um I've I've heard that no, it really. hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I've heard I've heard that it's very good for our health and it definitely has that natural sweetener, um and it's just a very tasty, um tasty ingredient. That's exactly right. I I like it. Yeah, you know, a lot more than sugar and in terms of sweeteners, uh yeah, monk fruit is just zero glycemic, and it's just, a, to me, it's delicious. It gives you that sweet, and I don't know how popular it is, but I tend to take it over, you know, certain, whether it be, yeah, certain sweet or sweetener alter- or sugar alternatives that are out there. I prefer to go with that, and uh, I think that people will really like that if they found out about it. As, you know, and, and I'm sure that it's going to be absolutely delicious once you, you have that out there um, in your product line. Now, speaking of your product lines, where can our listeners find you online, on social media, and purchase, you know, some of, of your delicious spices? Right. So you can go to wagwan.com, chefmarksanthony.com, uh, and marksanthony.com. Yeah, Mark Sandy at Instagram.com. You could search Wagwan on Facebook. And, yeah, that's uh, any one of those places you'll be able to find it or, or yeah, purchase it on site or at, or at Wagwan.com or on, online on social. Now, before we let you go, I just want to ask one thing. If uh-huh. I were to cook something, say grilling, because we are going to do be giving giving away your set, um, what okay. what would you recommend? What is going to inf- like just add that extra oomph um, with your seasoning? Would you would you say that you know a pork dish? Like, what should I cook first on the grill? Man, I would say so. First, what's your favorite? protein per se what's your favorite protein well i probably go with chicken first okay so wagwan loves chicken and chicken loves wagwan i would say use that i would say uh and and you don't have to what i say you don't have to get 
too crazy. I mean, that's the good thing about the product is that you, you put it on there, add, adjust your seasoning, add your salt to taste, olive oil. That's something that we do often and marinate for a while or not and uh, and, and try that and then get into the other other things like wagwan brisket is a, if you do like brisket or, 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 or ribs and things of that nature. But um, definitely wagwan chicken, is, is an amazing and easy and simple way to go, and then yeah, build out from there. Add it to your fl- add it to add other flavors to it as well as you use it, and uh, yeah, I think it's just always enjoyable. Most people I know they go straight for the for the chicken ninety percent of the time. <laughs> well, you hear it for you heard it first. Wagwan seasonings who are going to expand into a jerk seasoning as well. Um, and tune in and follow the Wagwan Seasonings and Food Farms and Chefs online on Instagram in order to try to win your own set. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Amherst, thank you so much. Have a great evening. And, yeah, talk soon. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Hopefully good luck, to, good luck to the owners out there. Good, good luck to the participants out there as well. We're going to uh, – to play and hope that they get their, their pro set and have a pro suite and have an amazing time with it. All right. Thank you so much. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guests. Hey, everyone. I would like to introduce our listeners to Chef Ricky from Añejo. Añejo has more than one location. It's actually got two locations in New York and one location in Philly. And that is where we take food seriously. Um, Ricky, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So um, I, I studied up on you a little bit, and I saw that you actually studied at the Institute of Culinary Education in New York. Correct, correct. So after you graduated from there, where 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 did you go from there? Sure, I, I'd say all right. I guess I graduated in 2004. Uh, I was in the industry before that. A few in '99, I got I got started in front of house side. Uh, but after the Institute of Culinary Education, I went to Sumili, which was a Japanese restaurant located right behind the Beard House. Um, I did my externship there. And I worked for a bit, uh, I'd say about eight months with them. And from there, I moved on, I believe, Budokan. Uh, so I was part of the opening team for Budokan, uh, where I met, at the time, someone who would ultimately be my mentor. Um, and I was there for a year and some change. Um, and from there, I went on with this individual that I said was my, and ended up being my mentor. And I worked with him at another restaurant that he had opened up on the Upper West Side here in New York City. Um, from there, I went to Cafe Gray. I worked with Chef Gray Coons. Uh, that was quite an experience, an awesome one at that. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to work there uh, shortly before they closed. And Wow, you guys are making me go through 20 years. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. you opened up your restaurant in, in Hell's Kitchen. It's like one of the most passionate, like, fast-paced, like, and hard, you know, like, I, I would assume a hard area to actually, you know, be successful in because because of the different, you know, restaurants are, that are there. And, you know, you have, like, the the butchers and you have even, mm-hmm. like, some TV shows that, like, are based out of out of Hell's Kitchen. You know, 
it's 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 not an easy area to be successful in, and yet you opened up Añejo in in that area. So what was that like opening there? And I think it was 2012. Yeah, so we, you know, <laughs> we made it even more difficult by deciding to open on 10th Avenue. So, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear Hell's Kitchen, they're very familiar with the row that is 9th Avenue, uh, loaded with a ton of, of small restaurants, mostly Italian and and uh, Mexican. Um, and, you know, we got lucky with the corner spot that used to be a grocery store on 47th Street on 10th Avenue. Um, you know, obviously tore the place up and got started. Uh, you know, I would say for us, ultimately, we, you know, the start not being on Ninth Avenue was sort of a, a blessing because it, it sort of it took us off the beaten path. It made people come to us, so it made us slightly a destination, but it brought attention to that avenue. And uh, now we're on 10 years there, and it's amazing from where we started uh, to where it is now. Just the concentration of restaurants, new developments, uh, little boutique shops. Uh, other bars that have popped up on along 10th Avenue uh, in this 10-year span. So it's kind of cool because we feel like, you know, we help uh, establish that sort of that, that strip of restaurants and bars that are located in that vicinity off of 9th Avenue. That's very cool. And then you opened up the second location, which was at Church and Walker Streets in Tribeca. 2015, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, how... Um, I was going to say, how popular, you know, was was the the Hell's Kitchen location that, you know, you, you needed to open up the second location um, in Tribeca. Did you he- see a lot, a large demand in that area? Yeah, you know, we killed it. Um, you know, to put it simply, you know, right out the gate, we were super successful. Um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of, of other things happening in the neighborhood, as I said, especially on 10th Avenue at the time. So there were a lot of people that were excited. Um, and when, you know, we started sort of diving into the world of agave and, and displaying our, our mostly tequilas in the beginning, mezcals came in a couple of years later. Uh, we probably started with five mezcals and, you know, now we have upwards of 40 different selections uh, in the Hell's Kitchen location. Um, but yeah, we were well received and we actually had a couple of regulars that uh, brought the Tribeca space to our attention. Uh, you know, they loved the Hell's Kitchen spot. It was in their neighborhood. and You know, this other space was up. And uh, they brought it to our attention. We checked it out. And uh, two floors, you know, we uh, we started in a 1,000-square-foot space and graduated to a 3,700-square-foot uh, two-floor establishment over there in Tribeca. And it just kind of allowed us to expand on what we were doing, sort of elevate the food even a little bit more and have fun with private events and not a second dining room. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually you did um, set your eyes out on Philly. And Philly is very passionate about food, about a lot of things, but definitely passionate about food. Um, now, how how difficult was it that you opened up in, in 2020 when the pandemic was hitting? Uh, 2020 was rough. <laughs> Um, you know, just with the two restaurants in New York and doing what we can, uh, you know, luckily we were able to stay open the entire time, uh, keep a lot of our core employees employed, um, and just, you know, kind of keep chugging along and stay relevant. And, you know, I think Philly was, we were scheduled to open just shortly before the pandemic, uh, but then the pandemic hit and it was like, you know, we had to wait. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I'd say in the summer, you know, they released the, uh, the rules that allowed us to serve alcohol. Um, 
so I, you know, at the time I was like, all right, well, let's do ship salsas, guac, and get some margaritas out there, get those neighborhoods familiar with us because they've been staring at our opening soon time for a year. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was just let, let's let's allow people to experience what we're about and get started. And it was a success. You know, we were able to get staff and uh, build a team. And, um, you know, it allowed us all to sort of keep our minds off of what was already happening in the world um, and just sort of focus in and hone in on, on what we're doing in the restaurant. So it wasn't necessarily uh, easy or difficult, but it was, it was a proud moment. It was a proud moment for us to just sort of, I think all of 2020, uh, the fact that we were able to survive knowing that a lot of our peers couldn't uh, in this industry, um, you know, it sort of uh, just allowed us to to be there for the neighborhoods in general. And I, I'd like to think uh, Philly's appreciated it and, you know, we we appreciate them and New York appreciates it because we appreciate them as well. I mean, I definitely... Well, oh, sorry. You know, one of the, the things, your humbleness is, is wonderful because... You know, being appreciated in Philadelphia, you were awarded in Philadelphia not only the best Mexican restaurant last year, but also the best brunch. Not something that <laughs> often goes together, but you yep, you, yep. you got both. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about you know your brunch menu and and you know what you put out there that really wowed over all the the people last year to get them coming in for brunch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're all still coming in, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, <laughs> but you know, our, our brunch, it's, it's just a fun atmosphere to be in. Um, you know, we're putting out quality product and we're allowing you time uh, to, to hang out with us. You know, if you will, you know, it's a, uh, it's a deal 47 bucks and you know, you get a choice of an entree. Um, you get to drink margaritas, bloody uh, Maria's, sangrias unlimited for 90 minutes um and they're still our delicious and our high-end margaritas you know we're not using crappy ingredients or any product like that uh you know we're putting forward just great delicious stuff and uh people 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 appreciate it and we're selling out weeks in advance um so you know ultimately i think it's a combination of the food you know the quality cocktails the environment uh everything just kind of clicks and it works and it sets a, it sets up a, a fun place to be. Um, and even in the wintertime, <laughs> you know, I was, I thought it would maybe slow down a little bit. You know, we did see a slowdown there during the third uh, wave of COVID. Uh, but, you know, we're slowly getting back to normal and um, we're here. Well, the other great thing I think you're doing that ho is you're bringing the spotlight to the variations of Mexican spirits. You know, people think tequila, maybe they know a little bit about, you know, mezcal, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. don't know really all the levels of Mexican distilled spirits. So you really segment your menu between tequilas, uh, mezcal, and then Mexican distilled spirits. You know, who, you, know, you have a bar manager here, who's, Who's really writing yeah. that extremely creative menu and, and bringing in amazing quality products? Yeah, so that's our beverage director, Amanda Swanson. Um, you know, she uh, she started with us in New York a few years back. And uh, I think like anybody that sort of gets involved with us, they developed this passion for Mexican food, Mexican distillates, 
Um, and she's even been fortunate enough to come with us to Mexico a few times. Uh, so that that usually does it. You know, anyone who makes it out there with us to Mexico, whether it's Oaxaca or Guadalajara, and, you know, we're visiting distilleries, it's really hard not to become passionate about those, those things when you see how hard the people work to put forward this product that, you know, it's not the stuff that people are slamming down. It's some of the more, you know, elevated uh, items that you don't see commercially. Um, but it's it's delicious. And, you know, she's uh, she's she's been a product of, of Añejo, her passion for what she does with the spirit, uh, for what the spirit uh, brings to the table for us. Uh, she does a great job in, in displaying that. I, I feel that short of, you know, pairing wine with food, which is, you know, such a natural thing, but also so complex, there's really no better combination. And, and you know, you might be able to go beer and barbecue, bourbon and barbecue, but there's really no better combination of spirits, uh, of Mexican distilled spirits and Mexican food. The flavors just play off of each other so extremely well. It's just mm-hmm. absolutely a delight. So it's really nice to see your menu combined with her spirits menu. You know, what a great experience. It really is a journey and, and almost emotional, you know, going through, you know, a meal at your place and having an opportunity to, you know, mix and match and pair. You know, so, you know, have soft to the you. for that. Yeah, I, it started, uh, you know, we – we started doing tequila dinners a while back here in New York city. And, uh, you know, we would do one every Monday or not every Monday, a Monday, every month. And, uh, it was food that was entirely different from what was on the menu already, as well as cocktails. You know, we would pick one producer and we'd create a menu. She'd create cocktails and I create dishes that paired well with those items. And, you know, through those experiences with those tequila dinners, we were able to sort of, uh, build the bond when creating and you know bounce ideas off of one another um so yeah it's it's been it's been a few years and it, and it works now do you still well, do the tequila dinners or is that something that is um specifically in new it, york it is on hold um we haven't we haven't really done it in new york i would say maybe two two plus years uh, but we have replaced the dinners with educational uh, segments that we, you know, we invite our guests as well as our staff to. Um, and a lot of that just sort of comes from, you know, now there's three locations, I'm bouncing around. Uh, Amanda's focus uh, is on Philadelphia heavily at the moment. Um, but I think that's something we'll get right back around to, for sure. Now, speaking... But, and, it, and if you guys... I'm sorry. No, no, what were you, And if we what? So we have something coming up called For the Love of Agave, uh, which uh, is on March 7th. It's a Monday, I believe. Um, and this is something that actually Amanda puts together uh, where, you know, we, we started this maybe three years ago here in New York. It's sort of like a convention for agave distillates. We invite about 30 producers. They come to the restaurant, set up shop. We have a taco station, a guacamole, a salsa station. So there is food available. Um, and you get to walk around and taste a ton of different mezcals and tequilas and or ricea or sotol or you know any other agave distillate that you may or may have not heard of uh, and it's all there and you get to speak to either brand ambassadors or the actual producers themselves and you know sort of uh bounce you know i say shoot the stuff but you know just talk with them and have fun with them uh, and it's great it's a great educational experience 
there's cocktails available too. So uh, we have tickets available uh, if anyone is interested. That's what I was just going to ask. I was like, are there tickets available for anybody to purchase? Correct. They're on Eventbrite. So all you have to do is search for the love of agave uh, and it'll come up. And it's from 7 to 10. And you could come and go as you please. You buy the ticket. It's available for you all day. Um, and it's great. I've, I've, I've been a part of four of them. And I always, I still learn something every time. That's very interesting. I've never, I, I didn't know that that um, existed. So thank you for letting all of us know that. Yeah, the space lends itself well to that. It's so huge. You know, it's a pretty wide open space and tall ceilings. So you know, you walk in there and, and it and it's warming, it's warm and inviting. So it, it's, yeah, <laughs> I hope a lot of people come up because uh, it's, this is going to be a great, a, a great time to learn and, and just to sort of, you know, get some more exposure to other things that are on the shelves that people may not realize. And that is absolutely wonderful. Now, off of Agave and Mezcal, um, I want to bring up that you at um, Añejo are going to be offering some amazing deals as well. Yep. So uh, that's Taco Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> it's quite the steal, let me tell you. Uh, $25 and basically you get bottomless, bottomless tacos. Um, and then we also have a, a happy hour running parallel. So you get to take advantage of some happy hour cocktail specials as well. Um so, you know, that, that happens from 5 to 9 p.m. every Tuesday. Uh, and I would definitely recommend reserving in advance because we sell out, you know, pretty uh, pretty far in advance. Um, it's just, it's a popular thing right now. Taco Tuesday, there's no better way to celebrate it. Or you could eat tacos, basically, and uh, some great cocktails as well. So if I wanted to go in there and have one of your lamb barbocca um barbacoa barbacoa sorry <laughs> see no, no <laughs> i could have that and then some wild mushroom ones and you know because you you obviously you have some some tacos that you know are for meat eaters like myself and gene um but you also have have some offering taco offerings that you know are for yep. are for vegetarians Mm-hmm. We have our cauliflower tacos available. Uh, that's a uh, temporary battered cauliflower. And we put some lime aioli over the top along with a pineapple chipotle glaze. And that gets some uh, julienne snow peas and some pea tendrils. Perfect. You know, it's fried. It's delicious. We could grill it too if you want. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the wild mushroom tacos, which is equally delicious and fun. You know, we're not forcing you to, like, eat tofu if you don't want it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so aside from that, we have some, uh, you know, uh, beer battered uh, fish tacos uh, with the limes with the lime aioli slaw. Uh, we also have the lamb barbacoa tacos that you spoke of with our mezcal uh, salsa borracha. Um, and we have our chicken tacos, our pastor, and uh, I'm trying to think. The pork carnitas. There you go, the pork carnitas. You know, I, I've spent in the last three weeks, about 36 hours doing Taco Tuesdays. You think I'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know. like, and how many tacos are you actually, like, pushing out, like, from your line? Well, let me tell you, the first time, uh, man, we, uh, <laughs> we got our butts kicked. And uh, there were so many. I think our first Taco Tuesday, we had about 275 reservations. Uh, sorry, covers. And it was, it was a madhouse. And we couldn't get tacos out fast enough. 
And since then, uh, you know, that was a learning experience. We've made some changes, so I apologize to anyone who's come to the first hour Tuesday. Uh, but I promise you we've made some major adjustments. Um, so just to give you some numbers, with 275 covers, we sold about 1,300 tacos. Uh, but then last Tuesday, we did 190 covers, and we sold 1,800 tacos. <laughs> so we definitely got more tacos out. And just to put that into perspective, that's – that's more than what we sell in a single week. So it's, <laughs> it's very popular to say the least. I could uh, imagine. And you make and you make your your um, tortilla shells from scratch too, which is absolutely yeah. yeah we use a hundred percent mixed them all. Um, you know, and it's a very basic and ancient Aztec process of uh, cooking dry corn in calcium hydroxide or flaked lime. Um, and that just sits there for about 12 hours, and then we mill it on a on a volcanic rock grinder, and we generate our masa, and from our masa we make our tortillas. Um, so, and they are available for sale as well, um, you know, at the restaurant themselves. I like so that. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's a great product. Um, you know, it definitely sets our tacos apart from anybody who may be using a shelf stable tortilla. Um, you know, there's a lot of corn flavor there and great texture and it really allows us to only have to use one tortilla versus two or three to keep breaking yeah now you also on the taco tuesdays you have the um i i want to say say the name of this correctly it is your um taco especial i'll help i'll help oh <laughs> uh, the taco especial yes yes yeah yeah so that's that's one taco that we change up every one to two weeks uh, this week it's going to be a uh, uh, chicken and mole uh, with some uh, cambre onions, which is a spring onion. Uh, so that'll be the taco for the, for tomorrow. I'm saying this week as if it's later, but it's actually tomorrow, a few hours. Well, when this <laughs> so, actually, yeah, when people are listening, it will be Taco Tuesday. So yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're and since you know it is also going to be National Margarita Day, there's going to be an uh, an extra like special happy hour um, going on for the margaritas that you offer. Yep. Yep. You're uh, making me feel like I need to go to the restaurant right now and start preparing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> Margarita Day and Taco Tuesday on the same day. It's going to be fun. Um, it's yeah, all right. We're going to have two margarita flights. Uh, so we'll have a sort of a fruity one, you know, as, as sort of as complicated as our drinks could sometimes be. I think the goal this time around was just to make uh, drinks that were still complicated in ways that will make the creator uh, happy. Uh, but just simple enough where people could kind of identify it, but, you know, upon site. So we have a couple flights. Uh, one is a spicy flight. So we'll have uh, four different spice options. There'll be a chipotle margarita. Uh, there'll be a mezcal margarita, a jalapeno margarita. And then um, there's one more there, but I can't remember. Uh, and then on the other side, we have sort of a fruit, a fruit margarita flight. Because uh, something we do in Philly that we never did in New York um, were – where margaritas spiked with different fruit purees because uh, we we noticed that the strawberry margarita or a raspberry margarita or some of these flavors were somewhat more popular um at least on Nor in northern liberties uh, so we made some adjustments and we got some uh you know some high quality purees to uh give the customers what they want very good so this like 
this fight will be featuring some of those more fruitier, crushable options, if you will. <laughs> so when myself and 300 of my, you know, close friends show up <laughs> for <laughs> Bottomless Taco Tuesdays and the National Margarita oh, okay. Day, <laughs> you'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I should probably start driving there right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where can our listeners find you online? Where can, can they find you, um, phys- your physical locations, and specifically Philly for um, this Bottomless Taco and National Margarita special? Yeah, so we have uh, three locations. Uh, in New York, there's House Kitchen and Tribeca. Uh, and in Philadelphia, we're in Northern Liberties. And you can find us at AnejoRestaurant.com. There'll be a landing page there that leads you to one of any of the three restaurants. Um, and you can find what we're offering there. You know, there'll be a link for the love of agave. Um, and there's a happy hour menu there if you're curious to see what we do offer during Taco Tuesday, uh, cocktail-wise. Um, and, yeah, that should be that should give you everything you need there. Mm-hmm. Um, in Northern Liberties, we're... 1001 North 2nd Street. Uh, so we're right in between Girard and I guess Fairmount would be the next street. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're right in the heart of Northern Liberties. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. And for, for our listeners out there, Añejo is A N E J O. That's right. And uh, for anybody who's curious, because I get this all the time, what does Añejo mean? It just means aged. So if you walk into any of our locations, you'll see there's always reclaimed wood accents, some exposed brick. So it's just kind of to give uh, the spaces some warmth and a slight age. All right. And thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. You can find us on phillyrestaurantreviews.com with Kevin Wilson. Or you can find me at A.R. Pollockus, or if you would like to be a guest of the show or a sponsor, you can email me at arpollockus at gmail.com. And Gene? You can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or at Blum, or you can email me directly at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And everyone, let's keep in mind that this week is national... Um, CSA and Future Farmers of America Week, and we want to say thank you to all the farmers out there, because without our farmers, we would be naked, sober, and hungry.